Hey everybody, I thought I'd jump back into the studio this week just to talk about Don't Worry Darling. I went to see it tonight. I was adamant that I wasn't going to see it opening weekend just because, you know, all the fucking tea and the scandal and the gossip was kind of annoying me. So I was like, I'm not going to contribute to box office weekend, beginning weekend sales. I'm just going to see it later on. I wasn't really shocked by the fact that there were plenty of seats. Um, I'm sure everybody's probably going to be seeing it more in the evenings, weekends. I feel like most people who are going to love this movie are probably going to be a little bit younger, maybe have a school night issue. LOL. <laughs> and so I thought I'd come in because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this movie. You know, I'll give my point of view and my idea. I do have a film degree that's pretty much useless, so I, I will use it to my best ability tonight to talk about this movie. I'll be debunking some rumors about what people assumed about this movie. I'll be talking about some issues, both technically as well as with the story and the plot. And then just talk about what disappointments I had, and maybe I'll even squeeze in some compliments. This is gonna be a full of spoilers episode. Please don't listen if you are not wanting to know anything. Here's a quick summary that's not gonna be spoilers if you've seen the trailer. The summary is of course that the movie centers on a young couple, namely Florence Pugh, who are in this 1950s, you know, I idyllic suburban development that's owned by this company headed by Chris Pine. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. She realizes something's not right and she wants to find the truth behind what's going on. So moving forward into just my overall score and thoughts before I get into spoilers, I'm just going to talk on some quick things that I thought I would give this movie a solid five. A five out of 10. And that's me being very cool and mature about this. Typically, I sometimes hate that I fall into this, you know, thing where just like other people, I hear negative things about a movie. I'm not a huge fan of the director. I might be quick to be like, Ugh, this movie's lame. It's not lame. It's okay. I felt like the pacing was weird. You know, obviously we know that there's something off within this community. Very quickly in the movie do they already start showing you that things are off. I didn't feel like they did a great job of building the world before they were already like showing us that things were off. I felt like we didn't really know enough about her character before. I thought that the performances kind of ranged from very good performances to pretty okay performances. <laughs> um, Florence Pugh, I literally just realized I'd never seen anything she's ever been in. She's in a lot of white people stuff. And I watch white people movies, but just not the ones that she's in. <laughs> she was in Midsommar. I think that's like one of the big ones that people know her from. And I didn't see that. Oh yes, and she was in Little Women. I thought the visuals didn't work for this. A lot of people have been comparing this movie to Get Out. They call it a white woman's Get Out. And I will have to say hard agree. It's very much given Get Out but if it were a white woman, what would the story actually be? Obviously, it can't be about slavery, so it has to be about the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it wasn't as good as Get Out, and that's what's unfortunate. When you can closely be like, this reminds me of this other movie, but you also have to be like, but that other movie was way better. Like, Jordan Peele is just a better director. I don't think anybody would dispute me on that. He's very good at symbolism. He's very good at juxtaposition. He's very good at tying in larger meanings without being heavy-handed about it. 
it. He knows how to pull out great performances and also surprise you. I just respect him as a director and I think he does a lot of things that she may have tried to do here. I think he does them a lot better. And if he was interested in telling movies about white women, he would probably be better at it than Olivia Wilde. No shade. Now we're going into the spoilers. I'm gonna talk about specific things within the movie and my thoughts on those specific things. I will start off by saying to debunk some of the rumors, there was this video that went around on TikTok. There was like a five to like 15 second scene from the movie with Harry Styles kind of talking in a British accent. People being like, what is his accent supposed to be? Is he supposed to be British or not? He's not doing a good job. Like this is so bad. And me and Cynthia lightly talked about that in another episode. And I was very much like, you cannot tell how good an actor is from like 10 seconds. We don't know the context. We don't know what's going on. And yeah, so I will say that Harry Styles did fine. Y'all who are out here saying that he can't act because he was only in Dunkirk for maybe five seconds. He did okay. He was fine. Honestly, pretty interchangeable, I will say. Like they could have probably put numerous white men in this role and it would have not changed the movie at all. He and Florence had pretty good chemistry, but she's an excellent actress. I feel like she could have chemistry with a fucking Kermit the Frog puppet, with a rock, with Plank, the wood board from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. She's just great. So I don't think that them having chemistry speaks to the fact that he's so amazing as an actor. I think he did fine. I really couldn't see Shia LaBeouf in this movie at all in that role. So it's very interesting to think that Olivia Wilde had casted him and that he was gonna be that character because I don't see it. I don't see it at all. There was no tension detectable in this movie. I feel like the cast had, for the most part, had pretty good chemistry with each other. Like whatever gossip and tea we heard about behind the scenes about who wasn't getting along with who, who was annoyed with who, you couldn't tell it from the filming. I thought Olivia Wilde and Florence had good chemistry with each other on screen. Chris Pine is a great actor. He could pretty much play anything. He's very seasoned. Maybe I'm realizing that I actually haven't seen Chris Pine in anything. <laughs> in anything or in anything in a while what is he known for he was in a movie with Lindsay lohan what else has he been known for geez i'm gonna have to look it up later but yes so as for all of that i feel like everything was fine none of the shit that happened behind the scenes is the reason why i think this movie is just five let's get into my issues with the movie and again this might sound picky to some of y'all but i went to film school at ut so there's just some shit that i can't unsee the camera work i thought was weird there were some weird choices i feel like when you want to do shit like circling the camera around a group of people talking or spinning the camera around if you want to do a wide shot if you want to do a shot where you move the camera along a dolly. You have to have reasons for what you're trying to evoke when you switch out of a standard camera setting. I feel like she just did some shit that I was like, I don't get it. For example, the scene at the party in the beginning when the new couple has joined everybody and the husband of the new couple is like, when do I get to meet Chris Pine? And they're like, dude, you don't ever get to meet him. You're not special. And Florence Pugh's just kind of listening in. The camera kept circling or spinning around the group and I did not understand why and it was cut so awkwardly together where you noticed that they kept resetting the camera or something and spinning it around it was just awkward and weird i feel like the editing was also not clean in parts so if you've seen the trailer there's this one specific part that looked fucking dope in the trailer where she's in the bathtub and there's a mirror right next to her that shows her reflection and so we see that in the bathtub she is sinking down under the water, but in the mirror, she's not sinking. Instead, she turns to look at herself sinking. And the way that the trailer showed it, 
looked so fucking epic. Like it was like, ooh, she's like her descent into madness. Like what's real, what's not? When that happened in the movie, it was so quick and they cut so quickly on it that they didn't sit and let you really observe what was happening. It was almost like they just shoved it in there because they didn't want to not have it. I, I just felt like it was weird. This is supposed to be a marked point, at least in the trailer, it's a marked point where we're like, oh, shit's going left. She's losing touch with reality. Some things are not what they seem. At this point, yes, she's realizing some things are fucking weird. Things are off. But again, the way that they edited that into the movie, it was cut so quickly that you didn't even have time to absorb that duality. I was really disappointed by that. I thought that was weird and just like very amateur. I was like, how how do you as a director look at that and approve of that cut it was just fucking weird so with the story i feel like so to get more deep into what happens the beginning of the movie she's partying with her neighbors olivia wilde is her neighbor we're just seeing her have fun with her husband in the first 10 minutes of the movie all they've really established is that this is a fun neighborhood the adults love to drink they all party together a lot she and her husband played by harry styles florence Pugh and harry styles get it on a lot she makes his breakfast every Every morning she sends him off to work she just cleans every day and so it's like okay that's fine but within 10 minutes of the movie we're already seeing that she's like getting flashes of something being off these quick flashes and as the movie goes on the flashes stay longer but it's like these flashes of these weird ballerinas dancing with white paint on their faces i can tell you right now that in the movie that is never really fucking explained why that's a visual choice in this movie obviously olivia wilde just wanted to show something creepy and weird to intercut with this thriller but i just didn't really understand why that was the choice i feel like there was not a natural way that they brought up Florence Pugh finally was realizing something was off. It was just like random visions. And then Kiki Lane is basically the neighborhood kooky lady who like, I mean, it wasn't even played well. Kiki Lane is the one in the neighborhood who is just like stoic, not catatonic, but almost like she don't talk to nobody. She just be staring off in the distance by herself, except for when she does talk, it's just to say in a monotone voice, something's off. There's something they're not telling us. Be aware, something is off. And so she keeps kind of saying that, but she only says it to Florence Pugh's character which made me question like why is she only telling it to you does she know that you're getting visions did she know you in real life were y'all best friends in this neighborhood there's no background on this her direction was weird i feel like they didn't put a lot of thought into her character but again that's just how we realize that something is off other than the visions one day florence Pugh is like cracking eggs she cracks like three of them and realizes there's nothing in them which i guess was just supposed to be a glitch of that society that everything they're provided isn't real i just felt like this is too quick to be seeing that shit is off i, I it didn't the pacing there was just weird because i don't expect to watch a movie where i know there's gonna be a twist and 10 minutes in they're showing me that something is immediately off like that just didn't work kiki lane i'll go into depth on that so apparently she has said before i say anything else i will preface that i looked her up just to confirm that it was her in this movie and the first articles that you see are her saying that she and the guy who played her husband ariel Stachel, who is a tony winner were cut a lot out of the movie the first thing you see when you look up kiki lane right now is that she is saying they got rid of a lot of our scenes and i'm just like okay because it made no fucking sense she has nothing to her she only serves to be there as just a very big red flag of 
okay, something is off with this society. And then she calls her one day. And again, in that monotone voice is like, you know, there's something they don't want you to see. I know you went out there because there's a part of the neighborhood or a part of the area that they're not supposed to drive to headquarters where all their quote unquote husbands work. They're not allowed to go all the way out there. The women aren't. Some weird shit happened when Florence went out there and she woke up in her bed. And I guess Kiki Lane's character found out about this and is like, bitch, you, you've been out there. You know, something is up. I don't understand this. Like we're not, we don't know anything about this woman, Kiki Lane's character. We don't know if she and Florence Pugh were the closest out of all the ladies. We don't know why she is going to Florence out of all the ladies for her help. We don't know why she's reacting in such a catatonic way and talking in such a monotone voice. I feel like if you're trying to beseech someone or plead almost, like you're trying to tell them, believe me, something is up. There's something out there. I know you see it. I feel like you wouldn't just say it with like this numb voice of like, there's something out there. I know you see it. 30 minutes into the movie, she unalives herself by slitting her throat and falling off of her roof. And so I just felt like we didn't get enough there. The only background they gave us is that she herself went out into the desert towards headquarters. And I guess when the people in charge found her, her son was gone. And so they brought her back. And since she's been brought back, she's been monotone and just weird. It just wasn't enough. I guess it's because they've been told that the desert is dangerous, don't go out there. So they're just kind of believing their husbands. Cause as I've said, the setting is supposed to be like this 1950s, oh, back when things made sense and everything was traditional and women knew their place and men were in charge. That's the whole point of this movie. So I guess it makes sense that the women didn't question it, but I just feel like they fucking dropped the ball on Kiki Lane. I know she's a better actress than this. She's a better actress than this. And it kind of reminds me when people People talk about Zendaya in the Spider-Man series, the Spider-Man trilogy from Marvel that came out. People love Zendaya and Euphoria, but when they saw her in Spider-Man, they were like, she can't act. She's not a good actor. I literally saw somebody say before, like, I guess she's a good TV actor, but she's a horrible film actor. And I was like, bitch, there's not a fucking difference. <laughs> there's not a difference between acting in TV or acting in a movie. It's still acting. It's just who is directing you? What's the script? What is your character? So I feel like to correlate that with this movie, Kiki Lane was not directed well and they definitely chopped the fuck up out of her scenes up out of this movie because her character was not giving it didn't make sense there was so much left to be desired there were too many like moments where I thought what was the point <laughs> like what what is this why are we doing this is it just to be weird is it just to be eerie is it just to increase tension again it makes me compare this movie to like a Jordan Peele movie because I feel like an example that I'll give the weird ballerina visual I don't know what the point of that was we don't know what that symbolized we don't know why they picked the ballerina visuals at all we don't know, like, I just can't tie it to anything. Harry, there's a scene where Harry gets, Harry Styles' character gets a promotion at this big, like, gala that they're having. And for some fucking reason, after Chris Pine puts him on stage and tells everybody he's gonna be fucking senior manager at this company, you earned it. I don't, and that, again, why he was even promoted, I don't fucking know. Because we come to find out, ain't no jobs in this community. These men aren't working, so I don't, what was the point of like giving him a ring and shaking his hand and being like, you're promoted, you're in the club. Like it never computes. But anyways, after that moment where Harry gets promoted in front of the whole audience, tell me why they had him doing the Cupid shuffle for five minutes. <laughs> tell me why they literally had Harry Styles up on stage shuffling and tap dancing and shucking and jiving for the audience for five fucking minutes while they're intercutting it with scenes of 
Florence Pugh losing her mind in the bathroom. I was like, okay, so is this dance part of like an initiation? Is this hazing? Why is he dancing right now? It was so fucking weird. And I couldn't, I feel like even he didn't know why he was dancing. And that's what I mean by like, what's the point? What are you doing? Like, why are these characters doing this? Is this supposed to hearken to something else? Like, I thought it was a ritual for a second. You know, like, do something fucking like, if you want to be weird, go weird, weird. Like, let's do eyes wide shut weirdness. Do something. But it was just like weird things. This dude, I mean, if he danced for like a minute, maybe I would have been like, oh, okay. He just likes to dance, I guess. They had him dancing for five minutes. And I, to this, I cannot tell you why why he was dancing at all <laughs> at the end of the movie. So I'll go ahead and spoil the twist and everything at this point. Um, so what has happened at the end of the movie, what we discover is the big twist or the twist within a twist. Obviously there was a point in the movie in the second half where things did feel better because I was like, okay, show us what the twist is or explain something to us. You know, this setup, it's too quickly showing us that she knows something is off. I don't respect that. The second half, maybe like I can find something that I like about it. So in the second half of the movie, like I said, we already know that she thinks shit is weird. There's a point where she tries to like pretend like everything is fine. She has a meltdown, they like shock her and we start to see some of her real life memories. So we see that in the real world, Harry Styles' character and her are together, but he ain't got no job. <laughs> They're in bed cuddling and he's like, how am I gonna provide for us? And she's like, oh, I'll just take extra shifts. Like, don't worry. So we realize, oh, okay. In real life, he don't even have a British accent and they're not in the setting at all. Cool. We end up seeing more a little bit later on because she comes back. And again, she's ready to play the role of like, haha, whatever, because they've shocked her and all of this shit. And by the way, she's also realized when she's shocked <laughs> when they were resetting her that she's a doctor in real life. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind how how they cut that together that as she was being fucking lobotomized or uh, it was like electroshock therapy that she looked up and saw a doctor and then we switched to a point where she is a doctor coming out of the OR and she goes home Harry Styles is like at home looking up his QAnon shit <laughs> on his computer I did think it was funny that in real life he was uglier like obviously in this simulation everybody's an idealized beautiful 50s version of themselves in the real world he got an American accent and he ugly and he looks like a loser and so he is like I haven't eaten I was waiting on you you never texted me you know like a whiny little baby and she's like i was working i was in the or i'm not gonna text she goes to bed early she's like dude i just worked 30 hours i'm about to go back to the hospital in six hours i ain't got time for this because he's trying to you know be frisky and she's like no we see him go back to whatever weird ass incel podcast he was listening to where the voice is you guessed it Chris Pine. And so we see, oh, okay. In the real world, he ugly, he American, and he ain't got no job. Whereas she's a fucking go-getter pulling double shifts at the hospital as a doctor. Gotcha. And so she basically hears him humming a song. We never find out what the song is. 
that she couldn't get out of her head. We never find out what the song is that he sang and that's what snapped her out of the shit completely. I thought that was weird. So he sings a song and she's like, oh, okay, I remember everything now. And she starts freaking out. She says to him, don't touch me. How could you do this to me? And then he breaks and he's like, okay, shit, calm down. Like, let me explain. We flash back to the real world again, I think. And this is the cool shit. This is where I was like, okay, this movie, it's kind of interesting. The real world shit in this movie is interesting. And that's, I'll get into my disappointments, but. So we see another part <laughs> in the real world, I guess past him losing his job, he's now even more haggard and ugly. He has signed her up for this experiment called whatever the experiment's called. They're in a simulation, as we know. And he has basically signed her up against her will. And they have these things that cover their eyes. And again, she cannot escape. She's trapped in this simulation, whereas he gets to go. So in the real world, he's ugly and haggard and he is completely responsible for her care in the real world. She's like stuck in bed. Every now and then he like squeezes a sponge to like, <laughs> squeezes a sponge of water into her mouth, I guess, so she doesn't get dry mouth or whatever. And he joins her. So what we see is that every time all of the men go to work, they're actually leaving this simulation to be in the real world because this simulation costs money. So the men have to make money in the real world to be able to afford to trap their wives, girlfriends in this simulation against their will which is pretty wild, pretty fucking wild. And I thought it was interesting because we do hear his answering questions to the application where they ask him, who is your chosen wife? And he says, Alice, that's Florence Pugh's character. And then they say something like, did she know you before? Or were we all together before? And he says, yes. So I'm like, oh, so these guys can like bring in women that they're not even together with. And for a second, I wondered if what happened in the real world is that she had dumped him because the relationship wasn't working and that he kidnapped her against her will and forced her into this world. Unfortunately, that was not the case. It appears that they were still together and that he just made this decision for her. And so cut back to this simulation that she's in and she's realizing, what have you done? And he explains it all to her. He's like, I have given you this life. She's like, I had a life. And he's like, you were not happy. You were overworked. You know, we weren't happy. Remember, like, this is so much better. You're happy here. I did this for you. I have to work in the real world. I have to work two jobs to afford this. I fucking hate it. And I was like, and it's so funny because they again flip between him <laughs> in the real world and he's like wearing a, an ugly ass lace front and he's got this horrible beard and he wears glasses. Ooh, they did a good job making hairstyles ugly <laughs> in the real world. And they flash to him, this perfect movie star looking dude in this 50s thing. Oh, funny. Y'all wanted to know about the accent that he has. So in the real world, like I said, he has an American accent. He elected to have a British accent or to be a British nationality in this simulation. And I thought that was funny. I thought that was interesting because I kind of was like, why? What's the point of that? But I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but I also just kind of like, why? Because he's the only British guy in the movie. Gemma Chan has her British accent. I'll get into more disappointments later, but it didn't really make sense that he chose to be British and nobody else did. Because then it's like, so if anybody could be from anywhere, why didn't we have some fucking French people? Why didn't we have Latinos? Why was the only accent American and British and the only British person was Harry Styles? It very much just gave like, he couldn't... <laughs> that he can he can act better in his natural accent than he could ever act 
in an American accent. And so I think they switched that for him. Cool. So she ends up killing Harry Styles and she runs into Olivia Wilde, who's playing her best friend. And she's like, oh my gosh, Olivia, like you have to believe me. Something's off. And Olivia's like, bitch, you need to get out of here. They're going to find you. They're going to kill your real body. She's like, hold up. What you mean they're going to kill my real body? How do you know anything about a real body? What the fuck is going on? And Olivia Wilde's like, okay, guess what? Some of us chose to be here. Surprise, surprise. I know what the fuck is going on. I want to be here because in this fake world, my kids are alive here. Florence leaves. She has Harry Styles' blood all over her. All the couples are coming out. They're like, what the fuck is going on? The women all look at her and it's like they start to glitch a little bit. Not like actually visually, but just like maybe internally, like they're all looking really upset and like unnerved. So she runs, she drives the car, she makes it to headquarters. She touches, you know, she wakes up. Somebody out there, you'll have to tell me, Why is he uglier than ever in real life now? That's the part where I was like, so maybe she dumped him and he's become this creepy weirdo stalker and he basically kidnapped her physically after she's broken up with him so that he can have her in this simulation. That would have been better, but that's not what we see. That's not that's not what happened. So, which again, like that's gonna add to my disappointments because I was like, little things like that can make a movie better. Like this is supposed to be a thriller. It's supposed to be a psychological thriller. You have to take it up, take it up a notch, up the ante. What are the risks here? What is at stake here? Why is this extremely creepy? Because all we see is that it's just a violation of her trust and her autonomy. And that's it. If they had made it to where it's like, bitch, we are not even together anymore. He has been stalking me and he kidnapped me and put me in this simulation so that I would have to live this life with him where he gets to be the head of household and I just stay home and clean. That would have been sick. That's not what we get. So the disappointments that I want to get into before I get out of here, because this is already running longer than I wanted. I feel like what was going on in the real world was far more fucking interesting. And we only spent like 15 minutes on it, if that. You can't show, like this movie, what was happening in the 50s, in that suburbia that they were in that was all a simulation, it was not interesting enough. It was not. There was not enough weird shit going on. There was not enough asynchronous weird shit where it's like, how is nobody else noticing this shit? There were decisions that were made, like the first time she goes to headquarters, it's because she saw a plane crash. So she literally hikes on foot, 10 miles up the fucking mountain to see if she can find this plane crash. I was like, why would she do that? It doesn't make sense to me. The bus driver was even like, the trolley driver was like, I'm not taking you to that plane crash. I didn't see a plane. We never understand what the plane crash was about. Why did she see a plane crash? Like, what was that? There was just stuff that happened that I was like, it's not enough. I'll compare it to fucking WandaVision, right? So. WandaVision works as a series not super well, in my opinion. (laughs) That was such an awkward way to say that. I don't think that WandaVision works well as a series. I felt like we spent way too many fucking episodes in these sitcoms. I didn't need to see her be normal and acclimated to this weird world she had created for like five episodes. I feel like they could have cut to the chase a little bit quicker. But when they do get to the part where you're like, something is off, it's clear there is a glitch. There are characters who are like, oh, I'm acting apart. There are characters who their glitch is that they have a brief look of fear 
in their eyes when they talk to her. And later on, we find out it's because she's fucking mind controlling everybody and the people know that they're being mind controlled and every now and then they slip up and they get scared because she's so powerful. They're worried she's going to kill them or they're just scared in general because they're being forced into these roles they don't want to be in. In this movie, I feel like there wasn't a glitch that made sense. You know, there's not like a technical glitch. If we're to believe that this is technology, the glitches in the weirdness did not correlate to tech issues. They just correlated to random visions of strange ballerinas. Her cracking an egg and nothing being inside of it. Her seeing a plane crash and never finding the plane. People being like, I'm not going to go out to the desert because it's dangerous. Even the grown ass man that drove the trolley being like, uh, -uh, I'm not going out there. What space does it live in in this universe? Why is it weird for this universe? It didn't make sense. Very disappointed in the fact that we don't get to see what the real women were up to in the real world. I thought it was so interesting that we find out that, so Florence Pugh in real life, she's a doctor and she's fucking smart and capable and is just maybe in a tough patch with her boyfriend played by Harry Styles. We see that Olivia Wilde, she is like, I've been in on this shit the whole time and I want to be here. So as we see the other women kind of get disoriented and be like, what, what is going on? I very much was like, so what is the truth behind all of these other women? The pregnant lady, the new girl in town, what was their thing? What was Kiki Lane's character thing? Like what was her real world life? We understand that these couples, whether they're real in real life or not, whether they were really together in real life or not, that they had to make up new stories of why they were together. There's a dinner scene where Florence Pugh calls out the fact that, hey, we all are from the same like three cities. We all have had our honeymoons in the same three vacation spots. We all have the same exact story of how we met our fucking husbands. Because for this simulation, they can't talk about how they met in real life. But I really wondered, especially the new girl, because she was so cute, like a deer in headlights. I was like, what is her real thing? Is she actually even with this dude? Because her husband in the simulation was really fucking skittish and weird. And I was like, I have a feeling, because the way he was freaking out, when all the women started getting disoriented, I had a feeling that maybe they weren't even together in real life. It might've been a situation where he just had a crush on her from afar. That shit is way more interesting than what we get in this movie for the first two hours. <laughs> so this isn't the kind of thing where they kidnapped all these women and the women are all in like incubators or like modules or whatever in a, a secret lab. These women are basically at home in the real world, but just mind controlled into this simulation. I was disappointed by the fact that there was too little Gemma Chan in this movie. In this, I was like hoping she'd have a bigger part, but she doesn't. She's basically just Chris Pine's wife. Another thing that didn't make sense is as Florence Pugh is escaping and you know, the security people are contacting Chris Pine and they're like, she's getting out. Gemma Chan overhears him and walks away and walks up to him and as soon as he gets off the phone she stabs him and kills him and was like now it's my turn or something and i was like okay but why what is the story here why did she do that did she not know she was in a simulation did she just get confirmed 
that she was in a simulation? Are they even together in real life? I, for a second, thought they were going to let us see what Chris Pine looks like in the real world. Is he that handsome in real life? Is he some ugly ass, warty ass scientist? I almost thought they were going to do a, like a double twist where actually Gemma Chan leads all the shit. And I thought she might confront Florence Pugh at headquarters. Of course, that didn't happen. There was just so much to be desired and so many choices that I was like, okay, I guess. I'm trying to think if I have any closing thoughts about this. I don't think I do. I've emptied my brain on this movie. I might watch some recaps on it to see what other people thought. I might read some Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews from the critics because I'm like, yeah, there's no way that you could see this and think, wow, this is really good. In this day and age, psychological thrillers that's a fucking competitive category, dude. It's super male dominated and it's very competitive. Like we've seen some very excellent work over the years. And so for me, this movie didn't cut it. It didn't feel well thought out. I know some of y'all love Olivia Wilde because y'all thought that Booksmart was so good. And maybe that's why I'm a little kind of cut and dry about this because I saw Booksmart and I didn't really care for it, to be quite honest with you. I thought it was just a white woman's version of Superbad. Superbad is a beloved movie about two dorky teens who are uncool and want to end up with their dream people by the end of the night and they got to get beer and they got to go on all these adventures before they can get to the party. Booksmart is a movie about two dorky white girls who have to do all this shit to get to their end goal of being at this party with the two people they have crushes on. And then, like I said, Get Out is just a better movie than this. So if you want to see a really good thriller about somebody who gets kidnapped into this world, a huge allegory for like a huge societal issue, just watch fucking Get Out. It's a lot better. But maybe you want to watch it and have your own opinion and that is always cool. We will see you in our next episode and have a good one. Bye. You are listening to a Young Hag production.